my mentor told me that if you understand the concept, the details don't matter. And if you don't understand the concept, then the details don't matter. So it's all about the concept, understanding the concept. So when, when people are like, yeah, this is all looks really good, but I just want to say, I just want to do this, you know, in the next 10 years, not now, they don't understand the concept. When somebody says this all looks really good, but I don't know if I could put in $500 a month. They don't understand the concept. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kidboy Cooper, and I am so glad that you are here. How are you doing? So, hey, Kidboy. Oh. So for today's interview, we're going to be talking about breaking cycles. And um, if you're anything like me and you've been listening to the show, I really like to evaluate the, uh, the things that we know to be normal, because sometimes what is normal is not necessarily helpful. And so in this interview, we're going to be talking about what that looks like to break cycles, to evaluate uh, whether it's familial trends or just stuff that your family has always done, traditions, uh, so that we can really dig in and uh, grow something new or, or create change that helps us become a little bit better, get a little bit farther down the road. And so our guest is uh, Sare Ibrahim, who is a financial wizard and has helped multiple clients, including really large names like Blue Cross Blue Shield and Humana and all these other people really work with their their finances. And uh, he's going to talk to us about breaking some cycles. And I cannot wait. So, uh, sorry. How you doing, man? Hey, Kibwe. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm really excited. That's why I interrupted you earlier, because I'm excited to be on your show. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Thank you so much for being here, man. I know you're a busy guy, um, and I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to uh, discuss this with us, man. It's really going to be great. Thank you. So uh, before we get started, um, I kind of want to get a feel for you, right? Uh, we've talked, but I kind of want to hear... Uh, you talk about yourself a little bit more for, for our listeners so they get a feel for who you are and what motivates the work that you do. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you for that. So so kind of a little bit about my background. I started off in the Medicare space helping a lot of retirees, people who are like 64, 65 years old, uh, merging from their employer plans to their own individually owned Medicare plans. Mm -hmm. So I was helping them become like a problem solver, helping them make that bridge into their own Medicare plan. And I did this for a couple of years. And as I was doing this, I started to build a relationship with these clients. And at that time, one of them, one of my clients asked me if I could help him with life insurance. And he mentioned there's um, a life insurance product that has cash value. It builds up over time. And I had no idea what he was talking about, but I told him I would do more research for him and I get back to him on it. So I went to Amazon and I searched for books about life insurance. And I came across this one book called The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. And the book mm. pretty much talks about using this strategy called the bank on yourself strategy, also known as the infinite banking concept, and pretty much helps people grow more wealth over time using the same dollars they're already spending, but to kind of reposition them. And as I'm reading this book, I'm like, this is not only help for, for helpful for retirees and people looking for to, to retire soon, for, it's pretty much helpful for anybody who uses cash on a daily basis. It's pretty much anybody who, who makes money and wants to grow that money over time. And then that's when I founded the company Financial Asset Protection. And I was like, that's, this is, this is going to be the main niche we're going to use. It's going to be the bank on yourself strategy. And a lot of our clients are real estate investors, business owners, and full-time employees. And we pretty much help them grow cash reserves while still having access to them over time. So we're not locking up money. We're still using it over and over again. That's pretty much who we are, what we do, and, and kind of some of my background behind that. That's really, really cool. I'll be honest. I found out about the, the bank on yourself uh, model probably oh a couple months ago and so uh when when your your staff reached out to me 
when I looked up what you did, I was like, this is perfect because I really want to hear more about this and how to actually get involved because um, you know, even in the in the whole theme of breaking cycles, we get into these cyclical behaviors of mm-hmm. how we think about money, how we think about our time, how we leverage our assets, whether they be just mm-hmm. your time, your skill, whatever it is. And I don't think that it's serving us as much as we think it is. I think it feels comfortable because mm-hmm. you watched your dad do it or your mom mm-hmm. do it or your grandma do it. But it doesn't mean that it's really helpful. So um, I, I'm just incredibly interested in this topic. What made you um, so interested in in financial um, and the work that you do in the financial field, whether it is educating or helping people protect their assets, when, when did that start for you? Have you always just been really interested in this kind of stuff since you were younger? Did you kind of grow into this skill over time? Like what 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 started that? Oh, yeah, that's that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. I pretty much um, I think I've, I've always been a financial planner, even when I was like a freshman in high school. Like I've always loved the idea of money. And not just money as like from a like a materialistic standpoint, money as, right. a, as a solution, as a tool, because a lot of people, you know, most people's problems in life relate to money or financial reasons. You know, most right. divorces are because of financial reasons. Most right. um, stress comes from financial reasons. Most ha- health conditions come from ha- financial reasons. So mm. such a big impact on a human life. Yeah. And and I started thinking, you know, if if you could be a problem solver to that, then you could contribute to people's lives. You can save marriages, you could save health, you could save the stress, you could save people's businesses and and their kind of their sanity behind that. And that's what kind of really drew me. It's more of the problem solving aspect behind it of like yeah. connecting the, the bridge to people. Um, whether it's money or something else, it just happens to be money. That's, that's the kind of the bridge between it. So that's kind of where I realized that's what I wanted to do is just to kind of be that problem solver. And then once I came across this concept, you know, the infinite banking concept and being able to grow money and, and still have access to it, and also not have to rely on the stock market or anything else outside of your control, right. I figured right. this would be spot on. This is spot on for helping people. And I want to build like a legacy around this. I want, this is why I'm doing all these podcasting. I'm kind of talking about this concept because I want to spread the word. I want everybody to utilize this strategy to show them how to kind of break the habits or break the cycles um, of, of conventional thinking or conventional wisdom when it comes to financial planning. Because, and I'll get into more of this, I don't think conventional wisdom goes hand in hand with financial planning. Financial planning is more of a counterintuitive. It's more of unlearning than it is learning um, and breaking Mm. cycles and breaking habits. That's interesting. I've never heard anybody talk about finances that way. You said that financial literacy is more about unlearning Uh than Mm -hmm. learning. That is very, very, that's a great way to put that because (laughs) Um, I've just seen and I've experienced, you know, you trying to figure out new ways to do things. And for myself, I was never, you know, really taught in school or or even in my family what to do with money, you know, mm-hmm. how to really manage money because none of us really had money. So that was not really a, a, a discussion for for you growing up. Was this was money a, a subject that was super comfortable for you in your household? Is this something that you kind of were like, listen, you know. Because it sounds to me you like you're a people person and you use financial literacy, you use financial planning to get to the people. Um, because just the way that you're speaking about, you know, the impact that finances has on your everyday life. And so uh, is that something that was uh, really uh, well discussed in your home? Or is this something that you just started to put the dots together based off of your desire to help and problem solve? It was discussed, but it wasn't, I think, discussed properly. That's the difference. So we it was talked about a lot growing up, but it wasn't strategic. It wasn't planned out. And that's kind of what drew me into the industry is that it was there was no strategy behind money or thinking or planning or budgeting, mm-hmm. any of those things. And, and you're right. We're not taught about this in school. I think we should be. I think instead of taking classes on art and humanities and, you know, history, you know, we should take courses on math and and building wealth and protecting it and, and and more on an unconventional basis. You know, for example, we're taught in school, you know, you save up money in a bank account. And then after you, you know, as you get older and you start having a little bit extra money, you talk to a financial advisor, they put it in a mutual fund, they put it in the bank and they kind of invest it. And, and we've seen, you know, based off of what happened in the Great Depression, what happened in the year 2000, 
what happened in 2008 and what happened during COVID. We've seen all these cycles of that's not the way to go. That's not the way to go of, of growing wealth is not putting money in mutual funds or in the stock market and just letting it sit there and letting other people invest that money in a volatile area. You're letting people invest their money who who can't control the market, who can't control or predict it anyway. No matter how many degrees they have or licenses or certifications they have in, in the stock market related industry, they don't know what's gonna happen in the stock market. And we're taught that this is normal, like that you're supposed to just, you know, yeah, don't worry about the stock market, risk. give it, yeah, exactly, take the risk, give it to the financial advisor, let them just cut them a check every month and then let them do all the work. And there are better ways. And I'm not 100% anti-stock market. I just think there are better ways to grow wealth. And and one of my favorite things about this concept is you don't have to take unnecessary risks because there's a difference between that giveaway, right? We are, we take risks every day, especially as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as investors, everybody takes risks and we should be taking calculated necessary risks, risks that are needed. But there's a huge difference between that and unnecessary risks. You know, Mm. like for example, when you drive your car, that's taking a risk. But you don't take unnecessary risks. You don't speed. You wear the seat, you wear your seatbelt. You obey traffic laws because you don't you don't want you want to mitigate the risk of driving. So it's right. not an either or function. It's both and. You're still going to drive, but you're still going to uh, mitigate the risk. And the same thing with financial planning. You're still taking risks, but you're 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 applying risk mitigation tools in the middle of that, so that way you're not right. taking 100 risk on everything you're doing. Right. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense because. You know, for growing up, for me, you know, they, we, we learned how to budget certain things. But, I mean, that was pretty much the extent of everything, you know. And uh, um, we just didn't – there just wasn't that much conversation around that stuff. And uh, so it's really interesting to hear you say that. And for myself, you know, um, I think it's very important culturally, you mm-hmm. know, uh, especially for, for black and brown people to understand how to control their money. Because that is mm-hmm. something that, just like you said, it affects everything else you do in life, whether it's your startup, whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. your family's legacy, whether it's owning homes and property and assets, it always goes back to that. And because we have a, mm-hmm. I think we have a different philosophy on on finances, right? Or maybe a lack of a philosophy. Um, I'm not sure how it is for in your community, but I think in, in for sure in, in black and brown communities, I think it's not... A discussion that we have as cohesively as possible. Yeah, I, I agree. My my family are immigrants. They immigrated from the Middle East, and like a lot of other immigrants, um, it, when it comes to money, it's more of a necessity, and it's more of now today. Like today, right. you know, it's more of short term planning, and it's kind Survival. of again got a necessity. Whereas um, people who have been in the United States for gen- multi generations, you know, especially you know for you know um, like longer generations have more of long-term planning when it comes to money. You know, they're thinking of real estate, thinking of legacy. They're thinking of the next generation. They're thinking of the next generation when they're in their forties already, you know, thirties or forties, they're thinking of their grandkids and the following. And, And I, and I think that the Brown and black communities are on that path. We're on that path to getting to the next generation. It's just based off of, you know, probably the last 20 or 30 years. Um, there was kind of a, a distant gap between financial planning more on a short-term and a long-term basis. Again, and I know this from my history, you know, um, yeah. it's more of short-term necessity and kind of yeah. tight, really tight budgeting, of course, due to the income gaps. Of, of- Absolutely. 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 It's like all survival mode. It's, mm-hmm. You can't plan when you're in survival mode. Exactly. And, and even if you do plan, you think it's not necessary. When in reality, it's mm-hmm. the opposite of that. You Even when you're you're in your lowest point financially, that's when you need to plan the most. Oh, see, that's that unlearning. That's that <laughs> unlearning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I'll get into the questions now because I don't want to keep you too, too long. Uh, what's one of the first things you think about when you think of breaking cycles? What, you know, I think some people, I think there's a lot of buzz around that. And I think mm-hmm. for older generations, that feels very, very disruptive. And they, and I think they are somewhat um, defensive about that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't think it's a bad thing. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think people, when it comes to change, they think it's a bad thing. And when it comes to breaking cycles, that's more of habit and tradition kind of wrapped together and intertwined together. So when you try to un, when you try to break those cycles, what you're saying is, hey, all the things that your parents and grandparents told you, change that. 
And then mm. now it's like you're insulting their parents and their grandparents, mm. when in reality you're helping them because, you know, it's, it's okay to say, you know, my parents were wrong about money. That's okay to say that. A lot of parents are wrong. A lot of grandparents are wrong when it comes to financial planning. Because think about it, how would how would everybody know all these things about financial planning? You know, and and so it's it's changing the habits, changing the cycles. And for every habit you you change or unlearn, you're adding a new habit that you're you're creating. So it's like saying, for example, um, let's say you want to make it a habit to go running or go to the gym every single day. For a lot of people who are starting that, it's going to be uncomfortable. Every day they're yeah. going to have to put on the shoes, they have to put on you know go yeah. running, go to the gym. And then as you keep doing that, you build a habit. Now the opposite happens. Now not going to the gym or not running becomes uncomfortable, becomes weird. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So you want to get on that other side, the awkward side. So you're breaking a habit to get a new habit. That's yeah. the cycle. So instead of going from, you know, it's weird to find it, to always have, uh, have a budgeting plan, have a, a financial plan. If you own a business, have a, a business plan, have all these planning things, uh, learning about money it's uncomfortable. And then once you do it, now it's uncomfortable, the opposite. It's uncomfortable to right. spend money, you know, recklessly anymore. It's uncomfortable yeah. to not have numerous bank accounts. It's uncomfortable to not read books about business anymore or to listen to podcasts about business and, and, and making money and keeping money. So you want to get onto that other side of the habit. So you're breaking a habit to get to gain a new habit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really really great that you say that because I mean it's it really goes down to your habits you know mm -hmm. uh, and 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 the more you know the the it takes the joy out of doing mm -hmm. stuff you know once you once you become more aware once you mm -hmm. have more knowledge it really takes the joy out of doing certain things like I can't you know just go out and have fun like I used to my brain <laughs> is working too much yeah yeah you know and it's not that I can't enjoy myself but just like you said, you, there's always something ticking in the background, you know, that's just trying to help you stay aware, you know, because yep. especially the longer you're working for things and the more you're sacrificing for things, you're trying to keep every little bit of everything that you can. And for myself, you know, I'm I'm always looking for more strategies because I realize I don't have the 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 knowledge base sometimes. Like I know what I know. I'm an audio engineer, video mm -hmm. engineer. I know what I know, but that is not uh, you know, finances, that is not, you know, how to be your own bank and stuff. So that I think this is really, really interesting. Do you think you can, uh, do you think we need to take a very active approach to breaking cycles? Or do you think that just kind of happens over time? We discussed a little bit how, you know, gradually black and brown people are understanding money more. Mm -hmm. We're understanding what it means to actually be uh, strategic with our finances, not mm -hmm. just survive and keep our kids safe and our house, you know, paid mm -hmm. for and things like that, which is all great, mm -hmm. you know, but that's not playing the long game. Mm -hmm. So would you say that, you know, there's there's a, a gradual approach that feels less, um, you know, intrusive when it comes to breaking cycles? Or is this something that we just have to learn to adapt to and just keep moving? Yeah, yeah. So so the um so one of my hobbies that I do I answer, I answer this kind of differently. One of my hobbies that I like to do I I like to box, and okay. I was at the gym and there was a boxing coach holding pads for me, and and then he was like, all right, when I throw this jab, you move to your right, and I moved, and then he's like, okay, you moved too far. He's like, boxing is a game of inches, not miles. You it's it's, mm. and then I I think that's related here that when we're changing these habits and changing these, it's a it's a game of inches. It's not tomorrow I'm going to be completely different. Tomorrow I'm going to be a little. I'm going to understand money. I'm going to save money. I'm going to have retirement accounts. I'm going to leave a legacy. I'm going to have life insurance. It's a game of inches. Every day we're just going to do one step differently every single day. Starting, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to watch this podcast. Or I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to watch this YouTube channel. I'm going to just do one thing at a time every single day until I make those complete changes. So it's a game of inches, not a game of miles. We're doing small increments as small changes as we go. We don't have to change our entire generation, our entire lives today because yeah. uh, you can't. And it's yeah. going to have gradual changes. That, I think, was the, the connection between boxing and this. That is a really, really great analogy. It's a game of inches, not miles. And I think that's what that's what trips us up, right? Because we are oftentimes, like I said, you know, we're surviving. We're keeping our families safe. You know, we're not thinking about mm -hmm. the inches. You know, mm -hmm. we're, you know what I'm saying? And so that's that's a really good. That's a great way to put that. Wow. Mm. OK, OK. So what are some limiting beliefs that you've realized about um, uh, uh, 
your clients, when you're working with people and you're helping them gain inches, right? You're helping them understand the inches to miles philosophy. Uh, you should write a book on that called Inches to Miles. <laughs> anyway, because uh, that was such a great way to think about that, man. I think for myself, even you saying that, which is gave me a lot of clarity um, on how to think about what you're doing with your money. It's like, it's not about big moves. It's just mm -hmm. about instituting small practices that compound over time. Mm -hmm. So that's really dope. Um, but what are some limiting beliefs that you've, you've run into? Because I can only imagine in the finance world, you have people who may have great intentions or great work ethic and things like that, but their own beliefs about what they can do limit what they the questions they ask, limit the ideas they have for themselves, and then sometimes I'm sure can probably interrupt your ability to help them the way you want to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one limiting belief is the idea that your money could only do one thing for you. So, for example, I'll I'll illustrate a solution for a client, and I'll show them that if you put in X amount of dollars over the next 10 years, you'll have X amount of dollars growing for the rest of your life and compounding. And then their first thought is, well, what if I put that money in real estate? Or what if I put that money in the stock market? Or what if I invested that money in my business? I would probably get a higher rate of return than investing in this solution. And then my response to that is, this is not an either or situation. It's not either this strategy, the bank on yourself strategy, or real estate investing or the stock market. Rather, I'm showing you how to do this so that way you can leverage more investments and other types of investments while still having something to rely on. It's back to the unnecessary risks and back to the risk mitigation mm. tool. We're using this as a tool. So instead of you going out and directly taking money from your bank account and investing in real estate, we're going to take your money from your bank account, put it in a policy, your own self-banking policy, your own whole life insurance policy that you own and control and earns dividends and earns compound interest. In there, you're gonna put the money there, and then from that, from that, from those cash reserves, borrow against it, and then use that for real estate investing. Why? Because when you do it that way, your money grows in two places: it grows in the whole life policy, and it grows in real estate. Also, if something happens in the real estate industry, you still have your whole life policy to fall back on. Plus, you can reinvest that money; you could pay back the loan, and then reinvest it in other business opportunities. You can do all these things from cash to cash deals, straight from your bank account to other deals. Rather, instead, if you have it going into a whole life policy that you control and then you could earn interest on it and then leverage those dollars, you could apply them in different places. So the limiting belief here is that your money could only be in one place at one time. And that's not true. You can have your money in numerous places, earning you interest and dividends on your money at the same time, growing it in numerous areas. And this is what we encourage. We encourage our clients to utilize their policy, not only to just get a policy, but to also utilize the policy in connection with other types of investments. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's that sounds amazing. I'm I'm super interested in that. <laughs> what's 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 your biggest what's the biggest problem that people have as far as like implementing these inches uh, to miles philosophies and, and understanding that, you know, you can do more than one thing? Like what's what's a problem? So you have the belief. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. once you get them past that, they're like, OK, that's great. This is a good idea. I'm going to do this now when they're trying to implement these things, mm -hmm. save this amount of money, stay consistent. What What is the, what's a, an issue that you run into in regards to that? Cause I know for myself, I'll just give you a, a, mm -hmm. a small uh, example. Um, I have many times started the process of, of um, well, maybe not many times, a couple times though, started the process of, of life insurance, but I really didn't understand what it mm -hmm. was. I understood what it was, but I didn't understand how I could leverage it. And I didn't even know what what the right questions to ask about it were, were when I got it. So I didn't value it correctly. Um, and I let the policy lapse and all that other kind of stuff. Um, but that tr the, the, the implementation of this is what kept throwing me off because I'm like, I'm not connecting the mental dots here. And so if you don't really know, how can you really implement it? Mm -hmm. Do you have... Um, clients who understand the full picture, but they just can't save money or understand the full picture, but they just can't be consistent or like, what's, what's the most common thing you'll run into in terms of, of people wanting that? So I think, so my mentor told me that if you understand the concept, the details don't matter. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand the concept, then the details don't matter. So it's all about the concept, understanding the concept. So when, when people are like, yeah, this is all looks really good, but I just want to say, I just want to do this, you know, in the next 10 years, not now. 
they don't understand the concept. When somebody says this all looks really good, but I don't know if I could put in $500 a month, they don't understand the concept because all of these things are helping them financially. And their objection to it is this is going to financially hurt me, meaning that they don't understand, they don't see my picture, they don't see what I'm trying to say. And there's nothing wrong with it. It takes time to understand this concept, which is why we recommend that, that, that our clients and prospects read a couple books. You know, they read The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. They read uh, Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash. They listen to podcasts and, and YouTube shows about, about infinite banking and bank on yourself to understand the concept first. We're not, we're not going to a store and buying an over-the-counter product and when, you know, how nice that product looks. We're buying, you know, a future lifestyle. You know, we're buying something that's long-term, that's hard to reach and, and touch, you know. Uh, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people think that long-term is too long-term. It's out of their reach and it doesn't matter today. And that's a huge problem is that it does, um, your, your future is to, you know, it's what you're doing today. And especially in financial planning, it's what you're growing. And especially with compound interest, if you, if you, you know, have the opportunity to earn compound interest, you want to do that, you know, yesterday, you want to do that as soon as <laughs> right. possible, you know, to earn, comp you want time on your side when it comes to compound interest, which is, that's kind of a struggle. And then for other people, they see it. Other people kind of see, all right, you know what, 20 years from now, I'll be, you know, 60 years old. All right, I need this. I need, you know. X amount of dollars in retirement. So that way I could have it alongside my 401k and I'll have, you know, social security and I'll have, and they'll start doing all this planning. And like, okay, this is going to be perfect. I'll, I want to do this. And then wow. it's actually crazy because when people understand the concept, now the table turns. Now they're saying, all right, let's do this policy. And then in six months, let's do this other policy. And then another six months, let's do this. So like they're now in control. And yeah. of course, it's <laughs> that's amazing because you get that shift there, mm -hmm. you know. And then I bet that collaboration with you working with them gets way more fun because now you're not <laughs> explaining things. Now you're really cooking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I yeah. Now I'm an order taker. All right. What are you? Okay. I'm just putting in the order now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. So for yourself, what was the hardest thing you had to do when you were uh, breaking your own cycle? When you were, because um, I'm sure the more that you get into your craft, your gift. Um, you're going to reach, you're going to encounter opposition, whether it's mm -hmm. from your family or somebody else. Um, people are going to be, they're going to look at you differently, mm -hmm. which is all a part of growth, right? Mm -hmm. But what was one of the, the, the frustrating parts for you? Well, when you were breaking your cycle from, you know, uh, being in a, in a family that didn't think about money that way, uh, to now constantly i'm sure trying to talk to your family about this and that and people yeah. ignoring you and being like oh here he goes you know talking about this <laughs> stuff again you know what i'm saying yeah that's exactly what happened yesterday actually uh <laughs> yeah my brother was like yeah i don't get it why you're so against the stock market people make a lot of money in the stock market and i was like yes but they're gambling they're not they're not doing that by by knowing exactly what's going to happen and he's like no people do know what they're doing in the stock market people do know how and then I said, okay, well, if they know how, if they know what they're doing, then how do people still lose money in the stock market? How did in 2008, you know, half of America lose their stock market, lose their retirement accounts in the stock market? You know, these accounts are ran by people who have PhDs and master's degrees in computer science and economics and quantitative finance, you know, and they still make mistakes. So what makes you think that everyday people know what they're doing in the stock market? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh I bet he didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do have those arguments and um, uncomfortable discussions with family almost all the time. Yeah, yeah. I saw, so I'm um, I really enjoy entrepreneurship. Like, so I have I started it. Well, I'm learning entrepreneurship, right? So before when I start started out, just having a bunch of jobs. Like ever since I was like 16 years old, I had like two, three jobs all the time. Went through college, same thing. I had like two, three jobs. Worked a full-time job while I was taking 18 credit hours, you know, just because I knew that I had to take care of myself. And that was just the, the hustler in mm -hmm. me. And now I'm learning to create systems that will make money for me, even though I've only done something one time. So mm -hmm. I create digital products and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm monetizing different things that I do so that I don't have to be out here hand-to-hand -hand mm -hmm. hustling for, for gigs or for contracts or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I'm always talking about this kind of stuff. Like I'm mm -hmm. always thinking about it. You know, this is this is what I want to do. I I view this as freedom to live the life I want to live. But when you talk about this to your family, 
all the time. They just start to tune you out and they just be annoyed. Uh, I had a friend of mine, um, her name is Lolita. She was actually on the podcast. She's a really awesome entrepreneur out in Chicago. She said, stop talking to people about it. Your family is not on that. So just don't talk to them about it. And it don't mean you don't love them. It just means you can't talk to them about this. You know, have you Mm -hmm. reached a point where, you know, you're like, well, um, I can't beat you guys into doing anything. You know, I want you to take these steps because I can see farther down the field than you do, even mm-hmm. though I'm little brother or even though yeah. I'm just your child or yeah. you know, I'm trying to help you. But you don't you don't understand where I'm coming from. Do you run into that a lot? Today is the day and now is the time. If you have a good idea, good intentions, and are looking for a way to get audience and to get your great message out to the world, I encourage you to start your very own podcast. You would be surprised the amount of folks who are waiting to hear your content. My name is Kidboy Cooper, and I have been an audio engineer for the past seven years years and I am offering one-on-one coaching to help you get through the beginning stages of creating your very own podcast. Please reach out to me and let me know how I can help you. My email address is empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com. We offer one-on-one coaching, a live masterclass, and even a 10-module course that will take you through the entire process of creating, producing, and distributing your podcast to your very own listeners. This is a great avenue to connect with your audience and to connect with people who are in need of your voice. Again, reach out to me at empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com and let's get your podcast started today. Yeah, so that's a good question. And it's kind of like kind of a two-way part. One part is I, I part of me does want to kind of like, I do kind of chill out on talking about it so much that I kind of like like tone it down. And then also, um, you know, it's kind of those that logical twist where it's like, if you really do think this is beneficial for other people, then don't you think it's beneficial for the people closest to you? And then vice versa, if you don't think it's beneficial for them, then you probably don't think it's beneficial for other people. So I still right. stick to that. And I still kind of make the arguments uh, with close family that this is the right way to go. And, and, I, and then, you know, I see this from clients, you know, I work with clients on a daily basis, you know, people who who invested in mutual funds, who lost a lot of money, people who kind of who went through hardships, who lost their businesses, who didn't have any cash reserves, people who had lines of credit with banks and then the banks cut them off without any notice and they couldn't get any more funding. Now I've seen all these problems happen. So it is almost like I'm just looking into the future because my clients also, you know, I'm 31 years old, but my clients are in their fifties and sixties, you know, so they've gone. So they tell me what they will work and what hasn't worked in their lives. Yeah. Like so I, I get to see like a, a preview of the future. And it's going to be pretty similar for a lot of people. You know, we're still going to rely on lines of credit for the banks. We're still going to rely on mutual funds and brokerage accounts. We're still going to rely on banks to help us and Wall Street to help us. You know, so it's still going to be there. And I'm, and I'm trying to explain to people like that there's a better way to do that. There's a way where you don't need Wall Street. You don't need banks. You can take control of your financial lives, you know. And, and again, it's back to the inches. You don't have, I'm not saying invest all your money today with us. You know, I'm saying read this book check out this podcast, understand this, you know, look at this concept, yeah. check this out, you know, just like small bits and pieces here until it sinks in. And then you guys are ready to do whatever it is, what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it's again, it's those inches, man. It's those <laughs> yeah. inches. You, that was a bomb analogy you gave earlier. I think that's <laughs> really, really great. Oh man. So what would you, how do, how do you start this process? Well, what's for somebody who has absolutely no idea. Um, and for any of you listeners who are just like, I really am not interested in this. You all are doing too much. Mm-hmm. How do you start this process? And so that we have a really full understanding of it. And I want you to talk a little bit about how that will impact your life. Because for many of us, if we don't understand how it's going to help do something, we don't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame anyone because, you know, time is constantly mm-hmm. very, very limited. Mm-hmm. And so we have to evaluate what we do based off of the time and the benefits of it. So for those of you who are listening, um, let's just try to tune in real, real, real tight here mm-hmm. so that we can understand not only this system, mm-hmm. um, but then also how it's going to affect us and maybe alleviate some of the problems we're already having. So, 
so the, the process kind of, and this is, this is how it's going to help a lot of people. So the first step is we just do like an intro call. That's where we kind of just get to know each other. And we, 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 I can explain the concept in detail during that call. I can kind of break it down, just kind of an intro call. And then after that, we do a financial analysis call, the second call. This, this is the most important piece ever, the financial analysis call, because it's 60 to 90 minutes long. And it's just me asking questions. I'm asking, mm-hmm. what does retirement mean to you? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Where do you see yourself in 20 years? Um, what, what kind of retirement accounts are you already implementing? Are you investing in real estate? What kind of real estate do you want to invest in? Do you have a side business? Is it a full-time business? All these questions financially related. And it's not just numbers, like how much money do you have? It's not just financially related. It's also right. uh, conceptual. So it's what does the word money mean to you? What does the word lifestyle mean to you? What are, what are all these words mean to you? And then what happens with clients is uh, almost 100% of the time clients say, Hmm. Nobody ever said, nobody's ever asked me that question before. And then after that, I think that after that meeting, it changes them. Even if they don't do any policy with us, even if they don't proceed to the next steps with us, it changes them because that was probably the first time they were asked those questions open-ended. Yeah. And there was no, it's not a business class in school. It's, there's no grade for this. It's, it's what they believe is right in their, in their hearts. And, and that's, and that's the, that's the point is that everybody has different philosophies when it comes to money, but we want to understand what's your philosophy. And then when you, when, you, when you have the ability to talk about or kind of open up and talk about these kind of things and your plan, you're more likely to get them. You know, you get what you think about in your mind. You, right. Everything you're doing today and everything you're seeing is because you're thinking about it in your life. So if you're seeing downturns and downsides, it's because you're thinking about that. Deep down, that's what you're thinking about. That's what you're expecting. And then vice versa. If you're making millions of dollars today in your life, that's also because you're thinking about that. You're planning yeah. on that. You see you've envisioned millions of dollars before you've actually made it. These are real things. Yeah. Um, yeah. A person is who or he thinks about all day long. You know, you are what you think about all day long. And that the financial analysis helps you make that plan. So are, if you say, all right, in the next five years, I want X amount of dollars. In the next 10 years, I want X amount of dollars. You're going to get those figures because you're thinking about them. You're, think, you're, you're, you're programming your subconscious mind to do things in your life to make certain decisions that will help you get to your goals that you're setting. The financial analysis is, is the most important piece. And then after that, we do the personalized solution. That's where we structure a policy based off of what you mentioned in the analysis. So we connect it that way. So it's relevant. So it's not only a good solution, it's good to you. It's specific to you and it's going to help right. you improve your financial situation. Mm, that's great. This is game, man. He said, you are what you think about. hmm and you, the the intention that you place by saying things out loud changes mm-hmm. your everyday actions. So one of the things that I always say is um, uh, is, is is I try to give easy to execute principles, uh, exercises, mm-hmm. uh, strategies, because I think we overcomplicate things a lot. I'm a really deep thinker, mm-hmm. so I overcomplicate my life a lot, and so I automatically assume other people overcomplicate things too. So the idea that first you have to decide what you want mm-hmm. and then build your plan around that because that changes your actions. Mm-hmm. So for anybody listening, you know, I want you to think about while you're driving, while you're listening to this, just think about, let your mind roll about what it is that you want. What is this money, uh, finances, success, um, freedom looks like for you? And mm-hmm. if you've never really thought about that, maybe you need to sit down and write some things down. Mm-hmm. Um, because the first step is the is is acknowledgement. I think that's that's amazing, man. So so now once you're setting up their their plan, you know, do you see uh, do you see a lot of drop off? Do you see people un, unwilling to commit, or you think once they get past that process, if they've done that, they stick to it? No. So if we're going from the financial analysis to the solution, I see that one a one hundred percent rate. So one hundred percent of people make it from the financial analysis to the solution preparation where we present the solution. We do it over screen share and we share the screen. We show like over Zoom, like this is what happens if you put an X amount of dollars. This is how the growth of it will happen. This is how it could help you in your life specifically to them. Um, I see a 100% transition from there. Now, when it comes to the solution to implement impl- implementing it, there's obviously going to be drop off there like in anything else because people might not, just might not be ready or they don't understand the concept fully. That's fine. Um, we're always around for those constant questions and those constant material too. We want you to learn about this material and understand it because it will help you in your life. If you understand this concept and understand how it works and the idea of always keeping every dollar you're making, 
So you, you earn a dollar in one hand, you spend it in the other hand, but before you, between earning it and spending it, you're going to put it somewhere that's going to earn you interest. So it's almost like putting it through this machine that you own, this own banking system that you own, and then you get to spend it afterwards. That changes everything because now it's not a matter of, do I make enough money for this? It's just a matter of making some money that you can allocate to it. And again, it's all about concept. I'm saying all this because I believe in the concept and I understand the concept, you know, yeah. but clients also, once they understand this concept, then they also take the wheel and then they start doing this on their own. Mm, that's amazing, man. Wow. What's what, without giving any names, tell me about a success story. I yeah. Wanna yeah. Hear, I want to hear the results. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I have a client that she's thinking about quitting from her job, but she's worried about because she has a 401k and she's worried that she won't have some sort of retirement solution because she's not going to be at the job anymore. So she wants to kind of have her own internal um, uh, retirement account, something that she's going to own. So I set up a policy for her. It's a 30 year policy where she's going to put in like $5,000 a year and then buy retirement. I forget what the numbers were, but it was like something ridiculous. By the time she's in retirement, she'll have like $600,000 in retirement. And she's literally so excited about this because now she doesn't have to rely on her job for retirement. She could, she's, yeah. she, she could do, she can make money now, business related stuff, side hustles, digital marketing. She's good at that, but she's just worried about where does her money sit and grow every single year without having to rely on a job yeah. and without having to rely on the stock market too. And then this is kind of like a perfect solution for her. Again, I would have known, I would have never known any of these things without the financial analysis, but I asked her questions about her job, about her side hustle, about what the things she knows and the things she does, we were able to do this. And it was like, a, it was like a perfect fit. And then also because she's on board too, because since she understands this concept, it was a nice match. It was a good match that, you know, after 30 years, she'll have X amount of dollars guaranteed also because the insurance companies we use guarantee returns on the, the projections. It's not speculation. It's not if the market does really well, it's guaranteed. And that's what we want to show our clients is that it's possible. It's possible to have guaranteed returns and guaranteed growth uh, in a savings plan. So that's what we did. And that was actually a really fascinating thing. And it kind of also gave us a lot of momentum too, that this is actually like, you know, um, people can, people appreciate this. It's not just a, a sale. It's actually an appreciation that it's changing their yeah. lives. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Oh my goodness. I need to get my plan together. I really, really, really do. Um, that's awesome. So uh, for anybody who is, who is now they're kind of oversaturated, right? You mm -hmm. know, you've listened to it, you've heard, you're thinking about these cycles that we get into um, that affect our everyday because, you know, um, it, when people pass away, mm -hmm. you know, when your family dynamic changes, you know, when people have children, or they, they decide they need to move or they lose a job. A lot of people lost a job in this pandemic. Um, you're, what I'm hoping that people understand, what I'm hoping as our listeners understand is that these are very closely related things. Mm -hmm. And the more we depend on systems like your job or whatever, the more at the mercy of those institutions you are. Mm -hmm. Because their bottom line is to make money, not to take care of you and your family. Mm-hmm. So um, these, these, what you're saying is just super, super, super valuable. Um, what's one action that people can take to um, start this process? Something really manageable, mm -hmm. doesn't give you an anxiety um, to start this process. Okay. So I'll answer this, but I want to go back to real quick, something you mentioned about relying on banks. Um, so Mark Twain said that a banker is a fellow who will loan you an, an umbrella when, when it's sunny out but wants it back the second it starts, start, starts raining. Meaning mm. banks only deal with you because you have money. And the second you don't have money, banks want nothing to do with you. Right. <laughs> so and then right. to answer the, the second part of that, the question is um, how do we take small actions, small bits and pieces, you know, again, inches, um, just take out a piece of, I, I do this every single day. So since I'm an entrepreneur, I'm self-employed. Um, one of my problems for me personally is I get distracted with new opportunities. That, that was one of my reasons why I wasn't successful five years ago starting a business, you know, but I've learned from that. And one of the things I do is every morning, I take something, it's called a priority recap. I write the date and I just write, write a couple of sentences. What's my, what is, what's my main focus? What's my overall objective? Like I want to um, grow this, you know, financial services practice. I want to spread and I want to be on a thousand podcasts. I want to help a thousand people build these policies. And I write that every single day because I don't want to get sidetracked with any other opportunities. Again, I'm programming my subconscious mind. I'm saying to myself where I want to go exactly. 
And, and again, I'm not talking about a whole business plan, whole blueprint. I'm talking about just a few sentences every single day, identifying your objective. And you want to do this every single day and you want to write it out every single day. You don't want to just read it. You want to just write it out. You want to write it out every single day. So you memorize it and it's embedded in your subconscious mind and you know it. So to help the audience, they can do the same thing, whatever it is you, that you want to do, write it down. And again, it doesn't have to be in full detail. It can just be two or three sentences. I want to, and then you make sure you, you write the words, I want, I will. And, and I am because you want to make it like not presumptuous, but you want to make it like certain that it, it's going to happen. I will, I want, I am, I will start, you know, a business. I will become a millionaire by this age. I, I want, and I want mm. this because I want financial freedom. You want to do these things. Oh my goodness. Ooh, that's amazing. That's dope. <laughs> I'm going to uh, start doing that. I've been reading this book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. Mm -hmm. And it talks about building a success list uh, versus a to-do list. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was speaking about this earlier, but just like focusing on that one thing that you that you need to accomplish every day rather than having a long to-do list, which uh -huh. never really gets done anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I love that. I think that's a great analogy. You know, uh, for anybody who's listening to this, you know, you, you I really hope you're, you're taking this seriously because um, you're 31, right? Yes. These are these are things that at 31 he has has developed in order to get where he is today to, so that he can share this information with you. So let's not brush it off because mm -hmm. we have to start doing new things in order to break old cycles. And mm -hmm. all of us are tired of, you know, running out of money. All of us are tired of waiting on our credit score to go up. All mm -hmm. of us are tired of trying to apply for loans and grants and stuff. And so. Uh, we have to start doing new things in order to find new solutions. Mm -hmm. um, so before we wrap up, because I know we're getting close to time, mm -hmm. um, if there, well, at this point in the show, we always do a thought exercise. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been giving away all kinds of game, uh, <laughs> but I want just a little bit more. And <laughs> and if you, if you have a thought exercise for us, man, um, would love, love, love to hear it and uh, really benefit from it and and you and your time, man. So um, floor is yeah. yours, brother. Yeah, yeah, so thought exercise. Okay, so um, with thinking a lot, you know, another problem I have is I think too much. I'm like a visionary and I'm over planning, over committing, Absolutely. you know, over <laughs> and under delivering, of course, over committing, over planning and just thinking of so many ideas. So what I do is I, um, especially back to the to-do list, I match that to um, a calendar. So if, I'm, if I write a test down, I identify how long it's going to take. And then I put that into a calendar bracket. And if it's, and if, if it can't meet that, then I chop it out completely and I just move it on to the next day. Um, I only do, like, I, I figured that less is more. So doing a few really good tasks every single day is better than just doing, you know, writing on a thousand things that are just kind of almost pointless and overwriting. So, um, yeah. and then I do this too. Oh, another thing, another two thing too, is that you don't manage time, you manage energy. So remember that. So um, you're managing time, not energy. Think about um, sometimes, you know, have you ever noticed that sometimes you don't have time for somebody else? And oh, all the time, <laughs> but you actually probably do. You do have the time. You probably just don't have the energy for that person. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> so that, that relates also to um, entrepreneurship and being a business owner is that you need to manage your energy and you don't yeah. want to do certain things that drain your energy or drain. And I'm not even talking about other people. I'm also talking about yourself too. So for example, if you're on YouTube, but then all of a sudden an hour goes by and you just feel really weak and tired, it's because you wasted your energy on that. It took a lot of your energy and social media has an effect on people. It takes a lot of their energy away from them. Uh, making things like entrepreneurship and focusing really hard. So you need to manage your energy properly. And there's things you can do to manage your energy, like sleeping well, working out, um, not overwhelming yourself. You want to kind of, my mentor told me, he's like, your brain is a good idea maker, but it's not a good storage. It's not a good library. It's a terrible library to store ideas mm. in. So you want to be able to move things out of your brain and put them in different places. It's almost like you're emptying things out of your brain because you don't want it to sit there. You don't want the the stress of it sitting there. So I use like um, a calendar. I have a CRM that I put all my clients in and prospects in and podcast hosts in. I have um, um, checklists. I have, I use a Trello board. Trello is a really cool software for managing projects and I put everything in there. So I'm taking everything out of my brain and putting it on paper 
because I don't want it to sit there. I know if it sits there, yeah. I'm going to get too overwhelmed. It's going to drain a lot of my energy. So there's kind of some quick things and, and tips on brain activities. That's awesome. Write it down. Get a Trello board. Yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't yeah. ever used it. I got to check that out. Yeah, Trello. yeah. That's awesome. Man, you have you have really been super helpful, man. Uh, how can people find you, um, get a hold of you, get schedule their calls? Um, because I want to see results in your life. I want to see my listeners do and break cycles because we can't sustain our current way of living. That's why we're seeking. So many of us in today's world are seeking. And it's because we realize what's what our parents told us, mm-hmm. what your grandparents told you, it's not working. And maybe it never worked. You know, maybe it only worked for their generation, but we're seeking. And so um, how can people find you? How can people interact with you? Um, and you said you got a podcast coming out too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tell yeah. Us about the, the name of the yeah, yeah, thank you. The name of the podcast is Thinking Like a Bank. And we show pretty much people how to think like a bank using the same strategies and principles that banks use to help them find more financial freedom in their life. So pretty much it's like just to think, it's not how to start a bank. It's more of just the thinking process of, of, of what banks use. And so far we've, we've done about four episodes so far total. Um, a lot of real estate investors are on and pretty much I'd love to have you on as a guest. Oh, future. awesome. Yeah, I'm with yeah, yeah, definitely. And then listeners can also reach with uh, reach us at Finn assetprotection.com it's f-i-n assetprotection.com they can schedule a free appointment and plus i'll throw in a like a freebie um i'll give them a free book if they reach out to us um becoming your own baker by nelson nash i'll send them a free copy they don't have to uh schedule an appointment they could just reach out to us ask for the free book and i'll send them the free book that's awesome man listen i appreciate you man you're showing a lot of love right now thank you so much bro (laughs) thank you thanks for having me on yeah so um to any of those who people who are listening, uh, this is Sari Ibrahim, and you can reach out to him and, and schedule your call, get your free book. Um, and let's really start breaking these cycles, evaluating these, these, these things, these tendencies that we have so that we can get a little bit better. It's all about progression. We have the time. Mm-hmm. We have the tools. We just have to apply them. So mm-hmm. um, thank you again, man. Is there anything you want to say before you dip out? No, kid boy, I had a blast. I appreciate all the questions. I, I, I appreciate your audience. Thank you so much for having me on. And I look forward to reconnecting with you and the audience. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. To anybody listening, peace and love. Take care of yourselves. I will talk to you a little later. Peace. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.